0: Located on a 50-acre campus just south of Boston, Lovell Academy is a boarding school specifically designed to train and educate elite student-athletes. Lovell Hockey's high level of expertise in player development and advocacy complements a challenging in-person academic program. The daily schedule maximizes opportunities for academic, athletic, and personal growth through block class periods, training sessions, and social activities in brand-new state-of-the-art arena and academy facilities. Academics and hockey work together, encouraging student-athletes to transfer competencies and successes between the ice and the classroom. At Lovell Academy, your future starts with us. To learn more and take a virtual tour, visit LovellAcademy.org. That's L-O-V-E-L-L for LovellAcademy.org. Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. The podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky.
1: Welcome to the New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. This is your host, Kirk Ludicky, with another special episode. This time, in studio in Milton, uh, we have a great trio of guests joining us from Woonsocket, Rhode Island, from national champion 18, Tier 1 midget, uh, Mount St. Charles Academy, Rhode Island, St. M's. We've got uh, head coach Matt Plant. We've got program director Devin Rask, and we have uh, team captain Zach Aben. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So, when we last had you on the podcast, uh, Matt and and Devin, we talked about process and the the whole steps that you made to bring this Tier One program to Mount St. Charles. And you still had a whole season to play, pretty much, and and figure things out and see where where it went. None of us had a crystal ball, but here we are now. And looking back, early April, uh, your teams were at the at you know at every level at Nationals in Michigan and in Chicago as well. And the 18 team went the distance, uh, great series of games. It beat St. Louis uh, Blues in the in the championship game. And looking back on it, I mean, just how does it uh, how does it all feel? We'll start with you, Coach uh, Matt Plant, who was behind the bench for that victory. And and as the as the clock counted down, and your guys started to throw their sticks in the air and gloves and, and surged in on Jack Spicer. Just uh, take us through that moment.
2: Yeah, it was surreal is the best way to put it. You know, it was just hard to believe that it's it happened so quickly. I mean, this was our third year on the ice. Um, you know, Zach's a three-year guy. We had over half our team were three-year kids. Whether, you know, Zach was a U16 and then two years of U18. Trevor Kruzik was the same. Ryan O'Connell was the same. And then we had a group of guys that were, you know, the Cam O'Neills, the Jack Spicers, the Brandon Crowls. I'm leaving some other guys out. But there was a large group of guys like that that were three-year guys that were 15, 16, and U18. So that moment was, again, it was surreal. It was awesome, you know, and, and – um i 'm so proud of these guys, and i 'm so happy for these guys that they get to leave there 's a lot of pioneers in that group, you know like Zach you know they came in with us you know they took a leap of faith, so to speak, um, and came to a program that did not exist the year before when they got here, and you know the sacrifices that they made um, the commitment that they made the the loyalty that they displayed um we're just very thrilled that
1: these guys get to leave
2: Mount St. Charles as national champs. I mean, I can't say it any better than that.
1: Joining a storied legacy of many, you know, Rhode Island state championships granted different. I mean, it's a different level we're talking about, but champions are champions. Zach wore the sea, had to lead the team, had some adversity. Uh, We talked before we started recording about that game against Culver. So what did you guys have to do as a team? I mean, obviously the coaches, had to prepare you and 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 there was that but but as players and and as a leader and part of that leadership group of that 18 team what did you have to do to get yourselves re reset reoriented and and focused on winning
3: the games when they mattered yeah so i mean we were feeling we we, after that culver game i was tough after the loss but we knew we, we knew we had to come back we knew we could come back we faced plenty of adversity in the throughout the year before and we uh, were able to bounce back um, a lot. We, we were just confident in the group we had in the core and kind of we knew if we stuck to our structure and stuck to our, our game plan, we would be able to beat any team. So, you know, we kind of just did that and uh, it, it paid off in the end.
1: Yeah, and you guys had some pretty good offense there, as, as your coach pointed out, uh, really just a team effort. I mean, I, I believe your, your defense was banged up. You didn't have Dylan Shane. You had guys that were playing hurt. Um, but you wouldn't know it uh, watching those games. I mean, you know, from what I understand, Rhett Codsey was, you know, his, sh- his shoulder was barely hanging on with duct tape and Band-Aids. Um, but you wouldn't have known it. They're just How impressed were you with some of the, the just the sheer, you know, intestinal fortitude and iron will that you're, you and your teammates displayed? Yeah.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, I, it was just guys stepping up uh, at the right times and kind of, filling roles that uh, we needed to be filled to win games and not not really worrying about scoring goals if if your job was a more uh playing defensive zone and uh you know dominate that guys did it and that was kind of what made myself and coach plant so proud because everyone just bought in when it was needed and and that's ultimately what got the job done for us
1: awesome Devin, you know you're you're there uh your team you know came up a little short but getting there being there being a part of that and then watching that you know as in your role at Mount St. Charles and, and what you you and, and, and Matt had done in the past together I mean there's nothing like winning a championship so what was uh, well, you know what was going through your mind as, as the red white and blue were you know surging and, and coming together at, at the very end
4: yeah it was a pretty fun time a little less stressful for me being able to watch um, as these guys battle you know that dallas game stood out to me i wasn't at but when they coach plant came back and told me you know the how the game went and um getting down and then shorthanded and tying it up and you just you hear that story and it's like okay this is meant to be with this group this this group is not going to let anything stop them adversity whatever they they come together they're tight group um and they're gonna they're gonna get past and if they can get through that i mean it's it's, it's going to be fun to watch, and it was for me. Uh, obviously, some nerve-wracking moments, but um, watching that a game and uh, Jack played great and the team was rolling, and then going to the finals, uh, like I said, it's a little easier to watch from the sideline. I, it was just so fun to watch uh, those events take place and then seeing them hit the ice after
1: they won. I, I think of Ric Flair, Matt. I think of Ric Flair and the, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? And so here you guys have you 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 had a murderer's row of of opponents um initially and that's the thing about the Nash the tier one nationals i mean once you get out of the round robin if you can get into the championship round i mean you play who you play and it's you could have the greatest season and unfortunately teams have found that out you know you get into the you, you've, you've been number one all year and then all of a sudden you lose that one game single elimination so Tell us about. I mean, you, you, your first your first opponent was BK Selects, and uh, that was that. I mean, that was another one of those games where, you know, maybe didn't start the way you wanted, but it's not how you start; it's how you finish.
2: Yeah, BK it's, a, it's an opponent where we were pretty familiar with. We played them five times throughout the year. You know, we beat them five two back in September, tied them in October. We blew two third period leads in that one. That was kind of the start of our little funky. Th- funky thing we were going through there in the middle part of October or beginning part of October we tied him 5-5 uh, then we didn't see him again until the pack we played him twice at the pack playoffs and they were battles I mean we got up on them in the round robin game at the pack playoffs two nothing and then they battled back it ended up being a shootout it was a 10 round shootout spice was phenomenal and three shootouts Spicer gave up one goal and that was the only uh, shootout was against BK I think it was major put on an. Incredible move on them to beat them, um, but again we we beat them in a shootout. It was like a ten or eleven round shootout, and we play them in the finals. Very similar to the quarterfinal game, they get up on us two nothing. They're common, and we just found our way. You know, we turned a, a two nothing. It was about four minutes to go in the second period of the of the Northeast Pack Championship game, where we turned a two nothing deficit into a three two lead going into the third. We scored three goals in two and a half minutes. Right. I mean, it was just like boom 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 boom, and um. And then we, you know, Cam ices it with an empty netter in that game. And it was very similar um in that quarterfinal game. And to be honest with you, Kirk, like we I didn't feel like we were playing that bet. It was literally like a minute and a half stretch. They got two goals. Like Seth had a tough play up the wall that stays in the zone. and That ends up their first goal. And then what happens is is we come back to that face-off and we're still reeling in that goal. We're still that's still on our brain, and we're not sharp. And then they go down and score again on a kind of a a fortuitous bounce for them, but a good execution play by them, not taking anything away from them. You know, it, it, but that was all. It was just a boom, like, I don't even know if it was a 90-second clip where they got those two goals. You know, and then Spicer settles in. Um, we start to settle in. Abe's, did you have the first goal in that one? Yes. Yeah. Abes gets. Abe's had two in that game. Abe's helps us get going. And then who had the other two, was it? Stefanik? I thought Stefanik had, he had one. Stefanik of had the it was two and two. He had Abe's, one. Abe's had oh. two and Stefanik okay. had two. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Those were the guys. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, once we started scoring, it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Abe scored and then Stefanik had an incredible, weird angle shot that went in. It was just like stunned him. Yeah. Now it's two two and now we're going, yeah. you know, and then it was just, it was all us the rest of the way. And, um, you know, it's, the i could go. Through, I mean, we could spend two hours here talking about how many times we came back from two-goal deficits yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, the resiliency of this group was incredible. I mean, I, as a coach, recognized it early on how special these guys were. I don't know. How, I don't know at what point they realized that as a team, but you could tell early on from my vantage point that this was a special group and this group was capable of of doing what we did. We won six championships this year. You know. Um, between other tournaments and between the Northeast pack and true,
1: true prep cup, true cup
2: came from behind in that one mm-hmm. came from behind in the pack finals, came from behind in the, uh, in our, in our holiday tournament championship game to win it. You know, there was a, there were, there was a resolve and a resiliency with this group. And it was just, it was never in, in doubt. And honestly, I look back at Shattuck and, um, St. Louis, the way those games played out for us. Cause we, we got way out in front and never looked back in those games. Right. Um, and I wonder,
1: was the championship maybe?
2: No, I, no, the I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Shattuck and, and St. Louis, but I think what that did was is, is, is like you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, the Dallas game that was the most bizarre sequence of events in one game that I've ever been a part of with the way things went for us. And we found a way to win, and then we get into the quarterfinal game and we get jumped a little bit in the first period. You know, again, I, I didn't think it was necessarily. I mean, BK came out ready to play. They were on their, they were on their toes. They were on the attack, right? And you know, they get a, they get a couple goals there in a, in a short period of time. But we, it didn't break us. You know what I mean? Like we came back. We, it was luckily. You know, luckily we were uh, able to have that intermission there after the first and gather ourselves and get going. But it never broke us. And then we just stormed back, and and you know, they got that goal late. To make it four, but in my mind, it finished four two. They get the one goal late, six on four. I think it was right. Yep. Just a weird,
3: yeah. It was a good- just
2: throwing it at the net from the point, and it goes in. But at point, at that point in time, that goal is pretty much irrelevant for them.
3: Yeah, it was pretty much over by then. Yeah,
2: so you know. But then I look at that, and then and how that played out in the semis in the finals for us, like that. I think, you know, Coach Rask made a, a comment um, about Dallas and like come overcoming that, and yeah, this is this is. It's meant to be. I think after BK, it solidified, you know, this is, we're doing this. Like, we're not accepting nothing else. We're not We're not accepting no for an answer. We're going to do this.
1: Right. And that was what I was going to ask Zach here as well. Okay, so you come back, you win that game, and you win it decisively, like, you, you, even though you had to come from behind. Um, so what was your mindset going against Shattuck, who'd been the number one team, ranked, you know, in the, during the season, and the favorite? And what was interesting is I saw Shattuck lose that game to Oakland and I saw the vulnerability you know in that game I was like that was a I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that that Oakland 18 game a little bit on video yeah it was bit. um I mean look they, you know two good teams but but you could see you know I, I up until then to me they were just a wagon and i I was questioning you know can any you know I know people can beat them but can they really be and when I saw that I was like oh this is gonna be wide open so what was your what was your mindset uh, as a team after after beating BK and now you have to play Shattuck, uh, you know, and you saw them in the prep co- or um, the PHC event, right, um, yeah. if yeah. I'm not mistaken, at home and at Adelard, right? Yeah,
3: we lost them in uh, November. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's a, you have a chance now for redemption. What was your mindset going yeah. into that?
3: So, I mean, obviously Coach Rask mentioned it um, after the Dallas game, knowing mm-hmm. that we uh, – you know there was nothing that could stop us and the adversity that we had faced not only in the national tournament but also previously that year kind of um just gave us confidence going to every game that no matter what situation we would be put in that we would kind of be able to get out of it and and trust our guys enough but uh going to the Shattuck game we knew uh defense was going to be a huge huge part and that uh you know they have those three extremely good players that that can score and we knew if we locked them down um you know we'd be able to uh to win but I mean obviously it was just a, a masterpiece from all ends goaltending uh obviously uh Cam O'Neill Michael Berger and uh Jason Stefanik put on a show uh offensively but I think the the rest of the team really you know uh was was really locked down on defense and I think that's what um you know um stopped Shattuck because once they can't score then their their game is kind of thrown off so
1: yeah, Cole Eiserman, oh six. He's a local kid from Newburyport, playing out at uh, Shattuck, just like the Gallenick kid uh, was on their fifteen team. Uh, and then, of course, Macklin Celebrini. I mean, what what's it like? You know, watching, competing against those guys, watching them. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the kind of potential those those guys? Yeah, have?
3: Nah, it's it's extremely. It's cool to watch. It's cool to play against them. They're obviously uh, extremely good athletes and, and hockey players. So, I think the sky's the limit for those kids. They're they're obviously dominating at an 18u level where they're th- three years younger than some kids so it's really impressive and I think I think they they are, have pretty successful yeah, well, one
1: one's off to the national team and the other off to the Chicago Steel so not a not a bad deal so Devin let's let's circle back to you um, just so I, as you're as you're watching everything come together and you talked about you know what's you don't want to Team of Destiny. I guess that's kind of where we're getting at, right? Maybe after the after the Dallas, right? And those words fit. But as you're watching that, and you're watching your defense hold the 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 vaunted powerhouse Shattuck offense, and you're getting the goal, and and and, and then you're getting the offensive support, which is always you know huge, right? I mean, if you score. I always marvel hockey is a pretty simple game, score more goals than the other <laughs> guy, but it's not that simple, right? So what were your thoughts as you, as you watched that quarterfinal game? Was it the same kind of thing where, like, we were doing this? Uh,
4: I was, yeah, just impressed with the way they came out and Jack was playing great, and then they just kept uh, going on the offense and attacking. Um, to be honest with you, in the back of my mind, you know, you're as a coach and you're watching and you're not in that situation, Um on the bench, you're always, you're not sitting there like, okay, the game's over, right? You know, they they've got some weapons and and they can they can um, certainly put a comeback in, but um, you know, as the game winded down, you just saw the the commitment to, to the point of Coach Plant and Zach, like the commitment of the players, just in structure and buy in, and that just you know that's what it takes one championship. I and mean, you talk about these. Guys that have been together for some of them for three years and what they've gone through not only this year the previous years and I think that's a big part of that success like the belief these guys had and the comebacks it's I enjoyed it yeah. I got to watch from the sideline and and like I said I there was I in my mind I'm like well they can come back it's shattered sure um, but they just they locked down they shut them down they
1: didn't give them anything yeah you know, what was the bench management like. Matt like just from your perspective as you're and it's nice when you've got a big lead because you don't have to shorten the bench and we didn't play
2: for we didn't play to the score we did not play to the score we you know prior to that game we went over some tendencies you know they're extremely good transition team um their neutral zone transition play on their regroups is is outstanding and you know we learned the hard way the first time we played them um know, just how good they were in neutral zone transition and, and uh, you know, saw, saw some things against Northwood as well when they played them um, at the, at our, uh, at our uh, PHC event in November at our place and just kind of looked at some tendencies. So we looked at some tendencies as a team going into that game, and we looked at some things that happened previously in the game that we played them back in November, and it's like Shattuck, it's the same thing as like two years ago, right, when we played Shattuck. We played them at Cushing, and they beat us 8-4. And then, uh, you know, and then we beat them at the True Cup uh, in the first round game. And it was, you know, that was an overtime game. But it's like, Shattuck's one of these things, like, you know, I feel like it was this, it played out the same way this year. Like, you know, they're good, but the first time you play them, you kind of find out just how good. And then the next time it's like, okay, now you figure out how you can beat them. And that's kind of what we tried to do is we tried to figure out, we know these guys are good. We know Macklin Celebrini's dangerous. We know uh, uh, Cole Iserman's dangerous. William Whitelaw, dangerous, like just dangerous. You know, we know that now, now how are we going to beat them? And, you know, we kind of went over that. We game planned for it and we did a really good job not allowing them, you know, speed and possession on their zone entries. And a lot of times, you know, they had to give the puck up, whether they had to put it in behind us or whether we were just breaking up the rush, whatever it was, but we were able to, I think we were able to kind of frustrate them a little bit because they weren't having their way with us in our zone, like they're used to doing against a lot of teams. And then we were able to counter, you know, with that. We were starting to get timely goals. We, You know, we preach all year, create offense off a of defense. That's exactly what we did in that game. Is And then we got our chances and we scored. And then, you know, the thing that I'm most proud about about our team in that game is when it's 6-1 with under... Four minutes to go, guys are diving in lanes, blocking shots. We never, ever played to the score. Like, every time we scored, you know, we had those stretches where, you know, it goes 2 nothing, 3 nothing. you know, then it's like 4-1, 5-1, 6-1. We got a hey, back to work. It's back to work. It's not, we're not celebrating anything. It's back to work because you can't. The minute you take your foot off the gas against that team, there's two in the back of your net. And uh, I'm just really proud of the way that these guys bought into that and just the commitment level to keeping them off the board and keeping them at bay for an entire
1: 60 minutes, that's how you get the result that we got. Yeah, very impressive. And, and you know, Zach, it's it's funny. When you're playing top teams, there could be a tendency to just give them maybe more respect and and forget sometimes that, hey, they put their skates on one at a time just like you do, right? Yeah. And any given day, you know, when you have a team of talented Athletes, you know, you can you can match up, you prepare, and then you go out and you play the game, and yeah. and nothing is nothing is decided until you you do it. So, right. you know, I, I thought I was uh, again. You made the point about the blocking shot. I noticed that, and I was going to bring that up. The little things—that's winning hockey, you know. The details, guys, just tracking back hard. You know, when the play is going the other way. Talk about you as your, as a player, Zach. What kind of style do you bring to someone that hasn't seen? I watched you a bit, and I it wasn't hard to figure out why you had the C. Um, you know, captains can be rah rah guys, um, but every captain to be effective has to lead by example. So tell the listeners what you're about and how you play. Yeah,
3: I mean, hard work is kind of my biggest thing in all of all aspects of life, not only on the ice, but just a hard-working two-way centerman that can uh, win face-offs when needed and uh, just as responsible on both sides of the puck, like taking, you know, uh, play on the defensive side of the puck just and seeing it just as important as it is on the offensive side. So kind of just leading in that aspect and and uh, doing doing the little things right to, you know, um, show everyone that, that that's what needs to be done to win and kind of, um, yeah. When I was watching you, I noticed there was one thing, one detail that
1: I don't um – your coaches will know better than I do. They might, they've might they been around you all year. They might have noticed it, but I never saw one flyby. Not one time did I ever see you do a flyby. If you were s- you. hard on the pucks yeah. and, you know, battling, you know, you won a lot of 50-50 battles and things like that. Those are the little things, honestly, for all players that are listening. Like, that's what earns a coach's trust in you. Yeah. And knowing that you're going to, you know, everyone, a lot of people will bring effort, but if you don't, play the right way it's hard to be to have that trust am i am i out am I off base here he embodies what you want in a captain like I'm
2: gonna try not to get emotional here but <clears throat> um we've had a lot of good captains he might be the best one I've ever worked with he just embodies everything you want in a leader as a player but way beyond just as a player you know he just he was my consigliere this year. I mean, <laughs> you know, you hear him talk, and he's got such a calm demeanor and poised, and obviously probably everybody knows how I am, and it just it balances me. It balanced me so well this year, and i I don't think I've ever leaned on a captain throughout the course of a season like I did on Zach this year. You know, he helped me early on in the year figure out how to navigate the group and how to hopefully get everybody to come together sooner than later. Um, you know, and just like hard work. This is a kid that gets up at five in the morning to, to, to get extra ice on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This is a kid that just leads by example. Whatever we're doing, whether it's, you know, in the weight room, video, games, practice, you just never, you never have to worry about them. You just, you know, he, you're always, you can always count on him to do it the right way, to do it ha- as hard as he can. Um, he does get, he does get frustrated, but you know, you'd never know it, and he overcomes that quickly. And he's a the epitome of a team first guy. Is this kid right here?
4: And you talk about culture and and program, and Zach certainly did not describe himself well enough, and and what he does and what he brings, and and to your points, so what you're talking about and hounding pucks and how he plays you could see what he is as a person off the ice like he just gives everything he's got to what coach Plant's saying and a um, selfless guy and th- that's hard to find in in, in a lot of sports um, putting the team first as, as someone that's a teenager playing playing at this level right because they want to meet their goals and get there and you know if I'm someone out there you know watching at the next level the college level junior level like that's a guy I want to build around. Uh, he's going to, you know, all the other intangibles. Yeah, I want guys that can uh, score. Zach can score. He can do everything, right? Like, There's different levels. You know, there, there's obviously the Isermans and the, the extreme talented players. Um, there's also the other guys that you need to, to build a team and program around that, that can build your culture and, you know, what else can you say about Zach? I just
2: Zach's a culture guy. There's I mean, Devin nailed it, like he's a culture guy. Every there's not one program in the country that couldn't use a Zach Aben on their team. You know, and you know, and Zach I don't think really justified the offensive side of his game well enough either. I mean, the kid had 64, 65 points this year, over thirty. 30 goals. Yeah. yeah. Over thirty goals. Over, yeah. Like, you know, he had a good year productivity wise too. You know, and he you know, he does all the intangibles, he's well rounded, like you know, and the thing about Zach throughout his three years with us is he was clutch. Like a lot of the goals that he scored, like if you look at even at U16 last year, I mean, last year was a, you know, was a disjointed season with COVID and we only played 33 games, but he scored clutch goals. You look at this year, the BK game, he brings us back. You know, he brings us back, gets two goals in that game. You know, he scores the first goal in the, in the national title game to get us going, right? I right. mean, clutch, timely
1: goals. Yeah. You don't come back from the BK game, that's it. Yeah, we're over. We don't, we're not we're sitting here
5: talking about this. Right.
0: New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message.
5: If you are an 07 to 11 hockey player looking to develop your skills this summer, Team One Hockey is ready to assist you. Team One Hockey registration is now open for their 10-week weekly skill sessions, which are underway now and end on August 4th. And coming June 17th to 19th is the annual three-day combine camp which features on-ice training, as well as off-ice testing and video analysis. Team One Hockey provides some of the highest levels of instruction and have special on-ice guests to provide perspective to the players and parents. There are a limited number of spots available. They sold out last year. Register today at TeamOneHockey.com. That's TeamOneHockey.com to register for their 10-week weekly skills sessions, and three-day combine in June at Restucha Arena in Wilmington, Mass.
6: This fall, Quincy College in Quincy, Massachusetts, drops the puck on its first ever hockey season in the City of Presidents, just 10 minutes from Boston. The Granite, as they're known, will play in the CHF, Collegiate Hockey Federation, against Babson, Mass Maritime, Nichols, Sacred Heart, and D3 programs at UNH and Farmingdale State in New York. The Quincy College Granite will be well coached. Kyle Robertson has been coaching regional junior teams for 20 years, and over 100 of his players have gone on to NCAA programs. Kyle's assistant is Matt Gibbons, who's been coaching at North Quincy High for 12 years and won three titles there. Three years ago, he was the MIAA Coach of the Year. And as far as the educational part, Quincy College has a lot to offer. 37 different two-year degrees, and it's super affordable. There's even a new four-year business management degree that costs much less than other four-year schools. Want to make some history in a first-year hockey program? Now's your chance. Get more info at quincycollege.edu forward slash hockey.
5: Listen, everyone. I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players it's bando performance their experts work with hockey players at all levels from youngsters to olympians right on up to the pros and i'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec bando performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance as well as their nutrition and health it has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in nhl weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to Bando-Performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code Bando30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's Bando-Performance.com with the code Bando30OFF and see your performance improve immediately.
1: I know this probably makes him a little uncomfortable, just the way you describe him, like he, is he, because guys like Zach, it's not about him. Exactly. So I'm going to put you on the spot, and you don't have to single out anyone, but I want you to tell me about... Some of the teammates that you respect, and you don't have to use names, you can just use generalities because it's hard, right? You, you start talking about guys, and you leave people out, and they're chirping you, and, hey, you didn't <laughs> mention me. So, so I won't put you in that spot, but but when you look at your team and your teammates and, and some of the guys that really that you appreciate that made your life as a captain easier, that bought in, that did the things that the coaches set them up to do and that, that you really respect, yeah. um, what are some of the attributes and, and some of the maybe the you know, the stories that you have of some of the guys that, you know, when you talk about overcoming adversity, they embodied
3: that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, at, at times this here, it, it was hard and we had a little bit of a funk. Coach Plant mentioned it earlier uh, in, in October. And so kind of just, uh, uh, the guys around me and just throughout the team, just kind of leaning on each other and just trusting each other that we, we would make it out of it. And, uh, n- like no matter what we were going through, there was still time left. There was still enough confidence. We had A very talented group that we knew like no matter what we would be fine so I think I think there's just trust the all-around trust throughout the whole team um, that was just shown throughout the whole year Um, good times bad times that that's really just what brought us through it all and I think that's what I'm most proud of that we stuck together and were able to uh, um, put it put it all together and get it done I love that five-letter
1: word starts with a t it's not teamwork teamwork's important but trust if you have it with your coaches and you have it with your teammates you have a winner so let's 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 finish out the road to the championship. You play, you, you beat Shattuck, and you're you're now facing St. Louis uh, in the championship. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was watching. I was, I really was saying to myself, boy, it would be great if if Mount St. Charles could play a split season team like the Buffalo Regals, and then we could see. See that matchup, but two full season teams ended up facing each other, you know St Louis, all the credit to them, Jeff Brown. I know that team very well coming from the Midwest. I saw those kids that were on that blues team when they were on the you know the the fifteens and the sixteens so uh good matchup what what uh what transpired from your perspective, and what was the key to the victory?
3: yeah, so I mean after the shattuck game, we were obviously coming off a high it's It's kind of hard to go into a game after. Putting on a, a Masterpiece like that it, you, It's just kind of like not, not a weird feeling But it's just you, you're, you're trying to Replicate that And it's, it's hard to Because it was Such a good game you played um, So and we, we did get off To a bit of a slow start We kind of were Just a little bit Off our game But uh, you know Like so many times Before in the season We just came together And we um, were able To kind of get get To our game plan And um, you know uh, Eventually we were able To pile some goals on And and. Uh, win the game coach yeah
2: I mean Zach brought up a good point and you go back to trust and, and I'll kind of get into that in a second but but trust is exactly it's, it's a, I mean that's it I mean so going into that St. Louis game as a coach you know you're coming off that Shattuck game which is like okay we're no disrespect to St. Louis right but you're you're thinking to yourself okay we just knocked off the team the probably the hardest team where we were going to have to play you know in this tournament um number one all year they beat us you know they they had three games in that tournament where they scored 11 goals in each game they had three of those you know they beat Yale in the quarters like 11 to 5 like they were humming and then we put a stop sign up so now as a coach you're a little concerned going into the national championship game do they take their foot off the gas do they you know do they get ahead of themselves and I knew Tremendous amount of respect for for uh, Kelly Chase and Jeff Brown, the coaches of that St. Louis team. Tremendous amount of respect for the players on that team, because I knew that they were going to come at us, and they did. And you know, I didn't necessarily. I was never comfortable in that game until about when we got it. Until we got the empty netter with about a minute thirteen to go and made it six two. Then I was like, okay, I think we got it. <laughs> but I was never comfortable in that game. I didn't necessarily. Not that we were playing bad, but we weren't playing at the level that we played against Shattuck to start the game. So I was a little bit concerned, and I was pretty calm for the most part. And then in that national title game in the first period in particular, I was a little bit animated. I was a little bit anxious is the best way to put it. And the guys were getting mad at me because I was making them anxious, and rightfully so. And it it goes back to that trust because I remember after the first period, we talked about it, and I'm like, I trust you guys. Like, I trust. I trust. Like, I trust. Like, why am I – like, we're, we got this far and all of a sudden I'm not going to trust anymore like what's wrong with me you know what i mean so i trust and you know we settled down and then we had that barrage in the second period where i think i think abe scored a shorty late in the first yeah, to put us up one nothing then we go into the second and then uh, the stefanic line just erupted and scored i think they put us up like four nothing yep you know quick yep and then um and then we get it to five nothing, and then we had a bad line change right after we got it to five nothing. It was about ten thirty eight to go in the second period. So now I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh God, we're up five nothing. Are we? Are we going to look ahead and think it's over? Because St. Louis is not going to quit. And then it's like all of a sudden five nothing turns into five three, and now there's a huge momentum. So these are all the things that are going in my in my mind, you know, at that point in time. And then of course we have a bad line change on their first goal, or their yeah their first goal. We have a bad line change there, and the guy basically goes on and scores on a half ice breakaway and scores. So now I'm a little bit concerned. But what I will say is, even though we weren't as crisp um, in the St. Louis game as we were in the Shattuck game, we got timely goal scoring, but we did we did a good job defending. We 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 put we we clamped down when we needed to. Now it wasn't as pretty, but it was a, it was just as effective. We got it done. Like we we keep it five one going into the third. I think they might have had three or four power play goals in the third period. And now we got to weather that storm and, and they're coming like they're, they're, their level of urgency is through the roof. This is the last 20 minutes of the season. Right. And they're, they're chasing it. So, you know, they came hard. They, I think they outshot us in that period, 18 to eight. Now, you know, three or four power plays definitely contributes to that. But what I loved about us in the third period is we bent, we didn't break, you know, we, we defended, we got in lanes. We didn't really give them a lot of second chance opportunities. You know, Probably a lot of those 18 shots that they had in the third period were a lot of perimeter shots, you know, just throwing pucks through, you know, through traffic and trying to find seams. And we did a good job of just being in lanes and clearing pucks out. The one goal that they did get was a weird bounce, like it was a clearing that bounces off the glass or or partition and yeah. finds Cam, and Cam's like not expecting it, and then the guy just kind of swats the puck away from Cam to the net front, and their guy scores on that to make it five to two. But you know, the the we just. Yeah, it comes back to trust. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't as pretty as we wanted it to be. You know, obviously, (laughs) you have that game against Shattuck, and you're like, okay, well, can we have another one of those, please? (laughs) And, um, you know, but, uh, again, the guys just, they just, they didn't allow it to get out of hand. You know, yeah, we had, there were some tenuous moments, but we, we we kept everything within grasp. And then we, we finished it at the end and, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I was, I was never, I mean, five, nothing like, you know, everybody makes, you know, five, nothing like you, it's easy on my head. No, that was the most stressful five, nothing lead you've ever been a part of, at least
1: for me. Not against that team. Like they, again, they, they, you, I, and I didn't mention his name and I should have, I apologies, Chaser, Kelly Chase and Jeff Brown. Yeah. And, you uh, knew they weren't. With those two yes, guys, you no. knew they weren't going to stop. No, and that's they the don't thing. play the score. Yeah. And and those blues kids are, you know, those Missouri kids are pretty pretty gritty and and they they play hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a great, you know, it, this, it was one of those. The score wasn't indicative, maybe of, of of how tight it was, but at the end, last team standing, Rhode Island, St. M's, Mount St. Charles, uh, Devin. Let's circle back to you and, and 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 go bigger picture now because we this. our our latest issue of the new England hockey journal talks about in in Mount St. Charles is on the cover along with Brooks school. And it talks about where you guys are in the new England landscape in the foot, in the footprint. And you started it, it it selects South Kent selects a year, you know, a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you proved that that model could, could thrive and, and could, could shake up, I guess, the paradigm. What were the keys to, to the, to the program and the viability that, that produced, Zach Aben and his teammates are reaching the pinnacle.
4: Yeah, and I'll try not to be too long, but we we talked about it last uh, last time we were together, just on on building things and what you want to have around you, and you know the the dorm piece and the director of res life and the school piece and the support there and everyone from the rink and you're envisioning what you want to build, but you need that support and commitment from all around, and we had that, and um, you talk about and look at the players coming in and what we want to, you know, our vision and, and having success as a program and win championships would also see them develop and move on. And and we're, to be honest with you, I feel like we got here a little quicker than I thought we would. Um, but I also know the commitment and work that goes into it, you know, a lot behind the, the scenes. And I, I even look at, you know, for our 16s to watch the 18s win, I you know, as much as I'm trying to get them there, I don't think they understand quite the level of commitment it takes. And it wasn't an easy season, Zach, right, and Coach Plant, but the commitment and and how much work they put in behind the scenes and all the extra stuff to get there. And you see that in the play. You see that in the blocking shots. You see that and doesn't matter what line you're on, you're committed to that team thing. And that's what we wanted to build because ultimately – Again, I think we touched on this. At the end of the day, hockey's going to be over and building the person, you know, to have success after life and I think a lot of athletes go on and have success in careers and jobs because of that team type of thing and selfless and and the work behind it and you know these guys are are doing that. I think the next step for us is is to get better, to 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 have all our teams See what the 18s are doing, and and see our players come up through. Um, it, it's exciting. We the other day we had a had a player text us. He just committed to Ivy League school. Um, player that graduated uh, last year, and you know those are the things like awesome. Like that's that's what we're you know the fact. He's sending us a text and thanking us, and we're like, hey, we're pumped for you. Like you put all, all the work in, and so. That's that's a reward, but we got to keep building because there's there's a lot of other academies out there, there's a lot of other programs out there and and they're pushing.
1: Matt, I want to come back to you because you talked about just how how much support you did get from Mount St. Charles and how everyone saw your vision and said, "Yes, we we will we we agree, we will give you what you need," you know, and they were supportive. So, a chance to kind of recognize the administration and the and the people there. For how they have empowered you to do this.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's a village. It really is. It, it's a village. You know, and it's funny because I think about that phone call four years ago now. Well, just you know, just a little over four years ago about, you know, the inquiry about maybe coming to Mount St. Charles. And I remember talking to, to Devin about it, and we were just kind of like, well, we'll go down. It's Mount St. Charles. Like, we're going go to go. It's worth. It's worth going down, and. Hearing what they have to say. Um, Devin and I, I think on the way down, we were just kind of like, we're just going to go in there and we're going to tell them exactly what it's going to take and what we're going to need. And um, they're going to be, their hair is going to be blown back and we'll be back at South Kent. And uh, we went down there and we met with, uh, you know, it was Alan Tenrero, our school president. It was Richard Oliver, um, president of Rhode Island, um, you know, who was was there um, at Jarrett. Was on the board, Brian Burrard, Brian Boucher were there, um, you know, myself, Devin, and it was kind of a roundtable discussion, and we just talked about the vision of of what Mount wanted to do, um, and we talked about you know our vision of what if you know what we want to do if we were to do it at Mount Saint Charles, like what our vision is, and and what it was going to take to do that, and we felt that the the vision certainly matched and lined up. The one thing that we weren't anticipating was us being it was we were the ones that got our hair blown back because uh, we thought it was going to be the other way around. You know, we were just so impressed by the commitment level, and it was, you know, we just kind of went down the gamut of we need this, we need this, we need this. You know, we we learned a lot from our time at South Kent, so that we had like we didn't have a strength coach right away at South Kent. We added Ben Prentice, You know, maybe it was year three ish that we added, South, uh, added a strength and conditioning coach at South Kent. We didn't really focus on skating and skill development towards the end of our time at South Kent. You know, Andre Uriadov, who's now the head coach of the U18 team at, at South Kent, who was my assistant back then, he kind of did our skill our skill development sessions back then, and it paid dividends. I mean, that was that was the year we won the national championship, and we did that consistently throughout the year with Andre. So, you know, all those things that we learned kind of going through the process at South Kent, we – we wanted that from day one starting at Mount St. Charles. And, you know, we were able to add Mike Macioni, who's our strength and condi- uh, conditioning coach. You know, obviously Mike's got a great resume with the Bruins and just the players that he's worked with at the highest levels. Um, you know, we, we wanted to have a skating and skills uh, coach right away. We got Toby O'Brien comes in and skates with these guys. You know, and then, you know, just the commitment level from the school. I mean, you know, obviously it starts from the top down. You know, we have got our president, Alan Tenrero, who's – support vision and and you know just is is matches you know what i mean and and we're just extremely thankful for him and and his support and his vision and his guidance for us and and you know jesse butash who's our vice uh vice president of the school julie Bove, who's our principal um lisa tenrero who's our head of our counseling department you've got mary el rando who actually deals with all the hockey academy kids in the counseling office um, Susan Gasparo, who's on our admissions office, um, you know, our, our business office team, Carrie Saladin and uh, Tracy Mulligan, um, you know, all the, you know, the, the board, um, starting with Jerry Piet and Matt Jarrett, who are at the top of the board. You know, just, you know, Chris Huber, who's, who was on our coaching staff, he was with Devin at U16, you know, he transitioned to the dorm head this year, just made sense for him and his family and his situation and his needs uh, from a family perspective. But Chris is the best dorm head I've ever been a part of. I mean, I've been at three schools. I've been at Hebron Academy. I've been at South Kent and now Mount St. Charles. And no disrespect to those other places, but Chris is by far the best dorm head I've ever worked with. I mean, it's, he's, he's incredible. Like, he gets it. He's organized. He's detailed. He's, he's sharp. I mean, he just he gets it. You know what I mean? Like, And he's just been a pleasure to work with in that role. Uh, you got Craig Carvell, our athletic trainer. You know he um, is with us every day. You know he's at practices, at home, wherever we travel. You know uh, he's great because he he gets it too. Like he's not going to put a kid in a, in a in a situation that's not safe. But at the same time, too, he understands. Like we want, he wants to get the guys back out on the ice as quick as as we we all want, right? But at the same time, too. You know, not being reckless about it. You know, so it's uh, you know he's a great resource to have for us as well, and and it is. It's a village of people for all of us that is why Mount Saint Charles is where it is today. And you know, and what I'm not to leave out our coaching staff, yeah, so our entire coaching AD staff. And- yeah, Scott, Scott Gaby Gaby because. And- you know, you've got kids on our team that were three-year guys, and now we're going to have four-year guys. Like some of these old fives that are moving up to the 18s, you know, started with Frank. You know, right. you got Frank and John that get those kids, and that's what we want. We we want to get to a point where now when, you know, we know we're going to lose kids. We're going to lose the Hagans' to the NTDP. We're going to lose guys to the Q. We're going to lose guys to the USHL. We're going to lose tenders, that that sort of thing, and that's fine. But as long as, you know, the, the last several years, and same at South Kent, we always had a really good core group. Like, this year, we only had two new players. You know, we had Micah Berger and Greg Peltz. The rest of the guys were three- and two-year guys, you know. Um, and last year, we had a large core with those O 3s We had a large core, and then the lone 2 Nate Benoit. Give Nate a shout-out. Um, Omaha Lancers. It was uh, a large core of returning guys with that group, too. And, you know, Owen McLaughlin was in, was was a one-year guy. But it was, you know, plugging in those guys to kind of round, but just – those guys that can make an impact, like the Burgers and the in the Owen McLaughlins, but being meshed extremely well with that core group of guys that have been here. And you know, Micah, Christ, you would have known Micah hadn't been with us from with these guys from day like, one. I just Micah just he, was. he just transitioned so yeah. well with this group. Yeah. You know, Owen, same thing last year. You know, so. But again, it's a credit to our coaches. You know what I mean? And and uh, now we're getting to the point where we're filtering up guys all the way from Frank and John at 14 to Scott and and Jimmy Kramer at 15 to Devin. And, you know, some guys had Chris Huber, the guys, the 05s this year. They had Joe O'Connor, who's been a phenomenal addition to our coaching staff as well. Uh, Just another guy that just comes in and just we don't miss a beat. It just fits perfectly with this group, with our coaching staff. And then, obviously, Peter Cronin, my assistant, um, who's our program's goalie coach as well. You know, Peter is – Peter's a sharp man. Like, he's not as loud as I am, but I'll tell you what, man. Pete knows the game. He's very, very sharp. I love working with him because I love just bouncing ideas off with him. I love, you know, just talking hockey with him. I think he's got a great perspective and he's got great insight about players, about the team. He's a really good um, contrast to me you know, in my personality, you know, like similar to Zach. Um so I mean it's 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 just a phenomenal coaching staff that we have and they you know, I get these guys and they're it's easy. I mean these guys are, you know, in terms of you know, we talk about details and habits and all that, but they're learning from some of the best coaches in this program prior to me. So it's it's you know, it's easy. And I'm so grateful and thankful to work with a collection of coaches and administration at Mount St. Charles that we work with because you just you can't do what we've done without people like that,
1: in in, in your village. Matt, that's that's incredible insight, and in, and in, in you're right. No one does it alone. I don't care who you are, or what walk of life. There's no one on this planet that gets to be where they are without someone helping them along the way. So, let's swing over to the captain here, Cap, Abe's. <laughs> you are you've been in the program, you're one of the ones he's talking about now again you, you one year at sixteen and then two at eighteen, but you obviously believed in this and and saw this and made a choice to leave home to be a part of this what What was it that drove your decision process what convinced you that this is this was home and where you needed to be
3: yeah, for sure i mean so obviously coach Rask uh was the one that recruited me and uh he he came and watched me play at a tournament marlboro and that's when we kind of first met with my mom and it's kind of funny i actually was touring milton that day so i was kind of that was like i was deciding kind of either go prep school or academy and i didn't know much about the academy but i sat down with coach rask with uh you know my mom and my parents and eventually we went over to mount for a tour and i got to do a shadow day at the school and uh at that point it's kind of funny the the dorms they there was no there's not even a plan for the dorm they were supposed to be in the basement of the of the school um so now there's a whole separate building but um so I was I was kind of I was fully committed from the beginning uh uh and the the what made my decision so easy um I just I just felt like so genuinely wanted and it was just it just felt like home like the minute I toured and so like I knew like there was when I left there my mom always like makes comments about it how like she knew like how happy I was when I came and I mean I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity that I've had from either coach Rask coach plant and uh, just kind of everyone else who's been been a part of it and it it was it was honestly an easy de- decision for me just based off of feel and how how I felt when I was on campus in the in the old barn like that, that was just something that really excited me as a 15 year old kid moving away from home uh yeah
1: what about the academics you know to kind of talk about academics and maybe take us through a typical day of a of a Mountie
3: yeah so or are
1: um, I should say <laughs>
3: yeah uh I mean we have so we have a rotating schedule it's uh it's it's a little bit different than most schools but uh so we two two classes drop out each day but um so we have three classes three classes in the morning then we go to lunch and then uh two classes each day are designated to our hockey practice block so we'll uh go down to the rink uh after lunch and get a practice in uh normally like an hour 15 minutes and then um on two of the days we'll go up back to school for two one or two classes after practice and then um on on two of the days we uh, finish the day with practice so it's a rotating schedule it's it's kind of good because it's never you're never sitting through the same uh schedule all week um which kind of keeps it nice and in terms of academic on the academic side of things with uh, in terms of teachers helping us and and making it easy as, easy for us to succeed um being that we're on the road so often and um, obviously are committed to these these different tournaments and stuff and miss certain fridays. Uh, every couple of weekends and stuff, the teachers really, uh, are I'm very thankful for the the fact that the teachers are so helpful and not only missing work, but helping us catch up and, and teaching us things we missed and stuff. So we've been, uh, very fortunate in that, in that aspect as well.
1: And what's, uh, what are, what are, uh, Areas of strength academically for Mr. Aben. What what, do you, what classes do you? Like? I don't think he's got a hole in his lineup there academically. To be honest, <laughs> is, he a, is he is he is a star? Should the colleges be paying close just, attention uh, why don't you to just this? Shout out your GPA real
2: quick. I don't know
1: about that now, but uh, it's over I, a four.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. But over a four, okay. So, but what do you enjoy? Um. So I I take a class AP macroeconomics. I'm 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 interested in economics, kind of the stuff that's that's applicable to the real world throughout the. Uh, a lot of day, economics
1: so. applications in the world today, yeah, Zach. Exactly. I hope you're paying attention to uh, <laughs> oh. current events. We could we could use some more economists yeah, sure. out yeah. there in uh, in the world when you're not playing hockey. Yeah,
3: no. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, economics or math. I'm kind of those two subjects: history, math, uh, economics. That's history,
1: really. Yeah. Well, that's the, you don't see that. So I was a history major. So, okay. asking what what does kind of what period of history interests
3: you? Cool. That's a that's a good question. I uh, I don't know. Mm, I mean, I I like learning about the wars and kind of how uh, our country. And other countries kind of made it through, and what yeah. what the process was there. So I, I would yeah, say check that. out
1: the Romans. <laughs> Roman history's got a lot of wars and yeah. a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And you you guys kind of remind me of a Roman legion. The way you guys are just you know, the thing about the legions where they were all they just fought like one unit. And that was what just you know made them so powerful was that their organization, their structure, their discipline. Yeah. Their trust yeah, it was right. all built by you know, the guy next to you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think you, you know, you'd you'd probably find some uh, some some parallels to your guy. Not to not to get dramatic and compare you to Roman legionnaires that were, you know, like uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator, but pretty good organization, <laughs> well, guys. Um, as we as we kind of wind down here, it's been. It's been a, I mean, the time has flown by as we, as it typically does. But, it, but at the end of the day, you have an, an incredible story to tell because what started out, and I remember, Matt, you walking up to me in the after you guys won the, uh, at the True Cup there in Salem. And you kind of winked at me and I said, Hey, nice job. And you said, Hey, tell you what, we got a lot more work to do. But if we finish up in April, let's come back on the podcast and talk about it. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then uh, here we are. And, uh, nothing, I wanted nothing more than to, you know, see that happen just because you knew, you knew that you had a special group, but so much has to happen. So much has to go right. You know, you, the talent, you know, all of that's fine, but it's, it's buy-in, it's work and then it's luck sometimes and good teams for whatever reason. Goaltending, yeah. So close it out. Let's, um, each one of you and I'll start with Devin, just final thoughts on on the season and 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 where you guys are, are now and where you're going
4: yeah it's just an incredible journey again watching these guys celebrate um you know i got some video in the locker room with these guys and the, the emotions like it's that's what we do it for right and that's a fun part and just that little story zach the trust you've been talking about that word today there wasn't a dorm on campus when he visited and the the trust and the leadership uh, and Alan Tenrero to to put us where we are right build the dorm and all those things and commitment and uh, there's nothing better than to see Zach going out and graduating with the with the championship.
1: Great, Matt.
2: Yeah, you know one thing I want to give a shout out is because we talked about the academics. We've had six kids go to Ivy League schools in the last two years: three to Princeton, one to Cornell, one to Dartmouth, one to Harvard maybe two to Harvard down the road. We'll see. Um, You know, I just, I think about the level of commitment, you know, from these kids and from the leadership. And it's not just on the ice. It's all over the campus. It's in the community. We do, I don't know if we talked about this on our first podcast, but we do Mount Matters. And Chris Huber, our dorm head, you know, spearheads that. And uh, it's about rounding these kids out, you know, as hockey players, but also as people and as student athletes, and um, you know, again, the commitment level, the trust in, in all phases of their life, it, you know, in the village that is Mount St. Charles and the Rhode Island St. Ems. Um, you know, I'm just again very thankful and grateful and appreciative to be a part of it, and and again, very just I'm so thrilled that these kids on this U18 team are graduating as national champions. We're going we're gonna to celebrate them one last time on June 11th,
1: and I'm looking forward to that because they deserve it. And at the same time, looking back on your time here, what do you want uh, coaches Plant and Rask to know?
3: I mean, I, obviously, like I just said, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for the, not only the chance to be here, but kind of to, to live out my high school three years of my high school career and grow as a person on the ice everything i i couldn't have imagined a better place to uh pursue my dream of playing hockey and uh all the resources that are at mount and uh it's just it's second to none the coaching staff second to none um there's there's no better place i i could have thought to go so i mean i'm just very thankful for for everything and uh, i think the sky's the limit for this program uh i mean what we did it's not easy but um it's it's accomplishable with with the resources we have and and the coaches that that lead this program so i'm just very proud i'm very proud of the group we, we had and, and what we did and uh, i'm excited to see what uh mount st charles uh has to come
1: well i can't think of a better place to leave it with my the able assistance of my ace producer steve Saffron Saff, and uh on behalf of uh zach aben captain of the mount st charles 18s who Gave up a chance to go hang out at the beach today to be indoors in the studio. Uh, 18 coach Matt Plant, uh, Devin Rask, 16. And and I I introduced originally and I said single Devin out as as program director. I mean, the reality is you guys are are a team, right? And Devin's got the 16s and Matt has the 18s. But, uh, again, as you said, a village. It's a team effort, and that's what you guys have going for you. And uh, at the end of the day, last team standing, Mount St. Charles. And so I will definitely look forward to seeing you guys at the rink.
0: Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal. And subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise is a Siemens Media podcast.